You're listening to the God of Podcast. Welcome to the debut edition of the Gotham Podcast. Uh, we'll be having weekly sports banter. Uh, this this podcast is brought to you by Fred Pineda, Fred P, uh, as well as yours truly, Vivek VCD Devaraj. Uh, we decided we'd have a podcast where we just talked about whatever we wanted to talk about, uh, mainly sports related, obviously. Uh, and with the, you know, with the new year comes a new podcast, and hopefully you enjoy it. I'll uh, let Fred uh, kick it off. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the four NFL playoff games that just happened this this past weekend. Fred, any any takes? All right. Well, let's start with Atlanta at Arizona. <laughs> what, what, what were your thoughts on this one? I, I mean, I, as an as an AFC fan, you know, keep keep in mind we're both AFC fans. I'm from New York. Uh, Fred's from Pittsburgh. We don't really watch NFC too much, but I'm going to say that these are two teams I like to watch just randomly. They're just fun, fun teams to watch. I don't it, know it was a fun game to watch, and I don't know, like I don't know where Arizona's defense came from. All of a sudden, yeah, they looked they looked pretty good. I mean, what really impressed me from Arizona was their Running offensive game. line. Their offensive line played out of this world. That's true. Your uh, your old boy Russ Grimm. Russ Grimm is the offensive line uh, coach down there right now. Boy. So, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. notice how notice how Pittsburgh's offensive line play like goes to shit as soon as he leaves, and now like Arizona's offensive line is all of a sudden awesome. But uh, yeah, we we don't want to talk about that one though. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Fitzgerald is an absolute beast. Yeah, that, that was uh, ridiculous. That that flea flicker on the on that first play that was that was Warner being Warner. With a 50-yard perfect pass, and Fitzgerald like in double coverage, just saying, "I am better than you. I'm going to bring the ball down right now." Um, um, however, I think this is the end of the line of the Cardinals. Normally, I'd, normally I'd agree with you because they say defense wins championships, but the Warner-led Rams, they were all offense, all offense, all the time. And if there's any team that reminds me of that team, it's it's the current version of the Arizona Cardinals. So I wouldn't count them out yet. If this defense steps it up, and if Warner plays like he did during those Super Bowl runs, uh, anything can happen. And this is a year where anything has, has essentially happened all around the league. That's true, but you got to say it doesn't look good for them. Oh, okay. Matchup. I mean, I mean, they're they're obviously not a good road team, and that's going to kill them because yeah. they're going to have to go on the road twice right now. Um, I mean, they, anyway. they also look like a team that's that's you know they they've achieved everything they wanted. They the Gatorade on Wizenhunt was a little much. You know, yeah. Come on, it's their first playoff win in like you know ten years. I mean, sixty years, hundred years, hundred years, off by like a few decades, something like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's just uh, quickly talk about the Falcons. Matt Ryan. I mean, you can't expect too much more from a rookie. He kind of had a little deer in the headlights look to me. A little whatever, bit, uh, yeah. Whatever I saw of him, um, I'm going to say that. John Abraham was totally like just shut down by the Arizona offensive line. They they couldn't get any real pressure. Um, Atlanta defense really they they need to improve if they want to make that next step into being an elite team of the NFC. Right now they're a good team. Um, they need to make that step up, uh, especially on defense. That was my take. Also, I think Roddy White had a pretty bad drop. Like uh, Matt Ryan had a perfect like what? It's really loud when you drink water. Uh, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, that game was pretty. It was pretty exciting down the very end. Uh, it was a fun game to watch. 
it was a fun game to watch. That 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 botched third and sixteen at the end. That yeah, that I cannot weird. believe that. I mean, Matt Ryan should have had it. You know, you know, if Matt Ryan got the ball, he was at least going to make it exciting because he's had a lot of crazy finishes yeah. this season. But uh, unfortunately, the defense let him down. That was unfortunate ending to their season. Uh, yeah, it was. All right, on to the the marquee matchup of that Saturday. San Diego and uh, Indianapolis. What do you think? I I've never seen punting like that. <laughs> oh my God, Cyphers! What do you got? Four down inside the twenty. That was ridiculous. He was just routinely that... getting them down. Oh. He, what was that? The, they said the first time ever they've had a punter on the uh, the, the horse yeah, their horse trailer player of the game. <laughs> that was at first. I thought it was like Philip Rivers, and I was like. Did Rivers get punched, <laughs> punched in the face? Like I don't, I don't remember him looking like that. And uh, you know, but very rarely does the back of running back and the punter, you know, share player of the game honors. But yeah, that, that was pretty good. That was an, <laughs> another exciting game to watch. Peyton Manning was extremely pissed that they uh, didn't get the ball back in overtime. Oh yeah, he, he wanted the ball in his hands because I mean, I, I feel like if he got the ball, they were going to win. Um, yeah, but, you had that feeling that whoever got the ball was going to win that game. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people make arguments like, oh, they should change the overtime rules. I just say, like, you know, your team's got an offense, the team's got a defense. Uh, and yeah. their, def- their defense had a lot of chances to make plays. They kept blowing it with that 15-yard face mask penalty. And, you know, if you can't stop them on defense, you, you know, you don't deserve to win. Yeah, That's just I mean, it, w- it was unfortunate, however, the penalties played such a big role at the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't want you don't want like a you know a great playoff game to to end like that. Yeah, here's here's my take though. I really think the the Chargers thoroughly outplayed the Colts, and here's why. Uh, if you remember one of the one of the Colts touchdowns was when Wayne just like quick snapped it because Cromartie was still like lollygagging. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was like lollygagging back to the line of scrimmage or whatever, and Wayne just like ran, and so like they got a cheapy touchdown. And then later on in the game, Sproles, like, randomly fumbled in the end zone. It would have been, like, you know, they would have had seven points right there instead. That could have cost uh, them the game. Yeah, well, yeah, for, it could have cost them the game. But I'm saying, of, oh, okay, Go ahead. if Sproles scores that touchdown, and if Wayne doesn't get that cheapy touchdown, the score is, like, a lot different, you know. So I think the Chargers actually won, and they deserve to win. Overall, I feel like they outplayed the Colts. Uh, I don't know. No, that's true. I agree uh, with that point. Uh, Rivers, uh, Rivers has come on. I mean, the Chargers have been really hot. I mean, everyone was saying the Colts, the Colts are playing hot down the stretch, but uh, the Chargers have really come on really strong. And uh, I don't know. Excited to see how they play this this coming week weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Pretty, pretty, pretty good game coming up. All right, uh, we'll move on to the Sunday games. Yep. All right. So the first game on Sunday was the. Was the AFC three versus six game? Nah, uh, that was unfortunate. That was oh, I loved it. I loved it. Teddington throwing four interceptions doesn't get much better as a as a Jet fan watching that debacle. Uh, Ed Reed, the... Ed Reed, Ed Reed is from another planet. He is a monster. Ed Reed is from another planet. He he knows every time there's a turnover, Ed Reed is the one who comes up with the ball. It's 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 just. And he, ridiculous, and he just covers so much ground. It's I, I don't know how he gets there so fast. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the only stupid thing Ed Reed does, I don't think he did it in this game, but like he tries his laterals after his interceptions. Right. Whenever whenever he doesn't lateral the ball for some odd reason, he returns it for a touchdown. So I feel like he should just you know just go with the flow of returning it for a touchdown every time. That defense. I mean, 
when the season started, I honestly thought Ray Lewis is washed up. He's proven me wrong. I thought I thought Jim Harbaugh was way over his head. He's proven me wrong. I thought Flacco would have a lot more uh, of a learning curve. He's proven me wrong. Uh, the Ravens look look like a really good team right now. I mean, however, I think if you put that game in Flacco's hands at the end, you know, or any point. That's true. That's true. That the, uh, other than that random run by McGahee at the end, the Ravens really didn't do too much on offense. Right. And I think, you know, at this point of the season, if you have, if you're in a situation where you need Flacco to go out there and have, you know, 92 yard <clears throat> drive to win the game, I don't think he can do that. That's true. But I mean, to be fair, the, the Dolphins also had a, have, a, have a top 10 defense. So it's not like. That's true. They, they had a like, pretty good defense. The defense is really what it wasn't. It, trust me, it wasn't Pennington winning those games. It was their defense, <laughs> and and just Pennington not losing it for him. But you know, this this week he lost it. Uh, what's with the Ravens and their uncanny ability to rip off a sixty-yard run in the last like five minutes of a game? Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> they did it like twice against Dallas. Yep, and, uh, twice in the fourth quarter against Dallas, and yeah. now. <laughs> It's really funny. They're like, oh, the game is kind of in reach. Oh, let's just run for 65 yards and score a touchdown. Just, yeah, put it away. <laughs> let's just put it away. Another uh, another point I wanted to make. Um, Flacco had some really nice throws downfield, but Mark Clayton just like couldn't get separation. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was, always just, he was always just like a step too slow, and you could tell like Flacco's like, oh, my God, if you were just a little bit faster, you know, we would have had like a couple 40-yard completions. Yeah, because he has a great arm. He can, yeah, he's got- he can get the ball down there. Yeah, he's got a great arm, but like his receivers just don't have speed. His his, his, his receivers are uh, more like possession guys. I mean, they they do a good job like over the middle or whatever, but yeah, they yeah. Just, they you, don't they don't get open downfield. You give him a couple of deep threats, and I think that's a completely mm-hmm. different offense. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, what else did I want to say about that team? Uh, Suggs played great. Their D line played great. I mean, I I really want the Jets to get Rex Ryan as their head coach. Rex Ryan is really making a statement. Like he knows how to coach defense, and uh, you know, I'm excited about him. That's true. All right, and uh, final game of the weekend: the <laughs> Minnesota, the Tavares Jackson-led Minnesota Vikings against the resurgent Philadelphia Eagles. What are your takes? Um, I think the game was a lot closer than the score showed at the end. Okay, okay. First of all, uh, you know... It sucked, it sucked that Peterson got banged up early and often. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the extent of the injury was, but, you know, they were checking his head out, so I don't know. That yeah. that could have been pretty dangerous. Having I him. feel like, yeah, had he been in the game a little longer, Vikings would have a lot better chance. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tavares doesn't make that mistake. Yeah. And then you got a much closer game, so... That that was a very ugly pick six. He I saw the highlight of that. He threw that like sidearm, like falling down. Like what? Why? What? I, I don't know. What, what was he, he thinking? Was doing there, yeah, but. <laughs> that was just and Asante Samuel was that like his fourth interception return for a touchdown during the playoffs. Yeah, fourth so, career something like that. That's, yeah, that that's pretty nuts. That's impressive. Although Asante is the kind of guy where he okay, like obviously he puts up the numbers with interceptions, but he blows a lot of coverage because he always goes for the interception. Like, a lot of times he's like, yeah, misses, the yeah. ball. misses the ball and the receiver's wide open because of that. I think there so, were yeah. a couple in this game that he yeah. uh, tries to go for the ball and just receiver makes a catch because of that. He's like a boomer bust kind of guy. He, he doesn't know when to, like, not go for it. He's always a little too aggressive, but didn't, is, it didn't cost him in the end. So, What is your take on this Andy Reid uh, playoff beard? It's, uh, it's working for him. That's all I can say. You think? Playoff? I mean... 
it's I've always associated playoff beards with like the players themselves, you know, yeah. as like as like a camaraderie thing for the team. But like when the head coach does it, it's kind of a little bit bizarre. But yeah. uh <laughs> not to mention he looks like the guy sitting in the back of the bus that you do not want to sit around. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I don't think I want to sit around any rate even if he uh, has that's, shaven. That's true. But uh but, yeah, it looks looks kind of weird. <laughs> looks a little a little sketchy there. I mean, I don't know. But hey, they've won four of the last five games going into the playoffs. They've they they won on the road. If it's working for them, keep it going. Yeah. If if you need some pepperoni pieces on the sideline, give it to the man. He's he's got it working right now. Something's going on there. So- <laughs> Something's working for him. Something's working for him. One thing that I want to say that like I I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this, but it was the beginning of the game. It was uh, Philadelphia right before their uh, field goal, their first field goal. Mm-hmm. They get a penalty. Was it oh, a- yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. So, so he, yeah. Childress could have made it third yeah, and 21. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, they had him, a – Knock him out of field goal range. Instead of, instead of a 43-yard field goal, it would have been a 53-yard field right. goal. It would have been third down, but, you know. Third, it, no, it would have been third and 20. So, like, you, you figure you play a little bit of prevent, and the best-case scenario, they gain those 10 yards back. Exactly. And, and in a good scenario, maybe you sack him for five yards, make it a 57-yard field goal, and then they're totally out of it. Yeah, you exactly. know? And with that defense, it's not like, I don't know if he didn't trust his defense or what, but they were playing fine up to that point. Exactly. Because, so exactly. I mean, Minnesota's defense is known for having a great defensive line. Exactly. So, you, I, I don't know what, what happened there. You knock you you literally knock him out of field goal range if you accept that penalty, and I think that's the move you have to take. I feel like when people knock Brad Childress's coaching ability, that's that's one of those things that they're knocking. I was I was just surprised that nobody was talking about it. Even the Fox guys on TV, they they didn't mention it until they came back from a break. Uh, the ra- the radio the radio guys mentioned it, so oh, I was okay. uh, I, I was on top of that one. But uh, it just it didn't make any sense to me. A boneheaded move, I feel. Yeah, and then at the end of the first half, we saw a little bit more of a. Childress coaching at his best with his clock management and leaving yeah. uh, Philly, what was like 30 seconds, but, you know, with Minnesota's punk coverage being as terrible as it was. Yeah. Wow. How, they've allowed like a whole bunch of uh, returns for touchdowns this season, right? Yeah, it's like four or five, something more. Yeah, but, pretty but, bad. That's not good. Know. That's not going to win championships. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, were... that, that Tomlin came from, uh, you know, from under Childress, but... <laughs> Anyway, I mean, it's not really their fault. Defense was respectable. I mean, Defense the Eagles got good, except for that Westbrook. Uh, yeah, they, they pretty much. Con- I was impressed by how well they contained. Uh, they contained Westbrook until that last screen there. Yeah, they they done a pretty good job. Also, Jason Avant. He, where, where the hell did he come from? He had a he had an amazing game. Yeah, he was he was out of it's his like, mind. It's like their fourth receiver or something, and he was like catching like because oh because McNabb was like he was in his own end zone a whole bunch of times facing third and long, and every time he completed it, I feel like if Minnesota like stopped him on one of those third and longs uh, from way back in their own territory, like that's a huge game changer. I, I thought for sure there was going to be a safety in one of those, but yeah, they every time Philadelphia needed a yeah, big yeah. conversion, they got it, and yeah, that's that's how you win games. That's yeah. exactly how you win games. All right. Let's uh let's move on to these upcoming games. I thought we'd uh pick pick uh pick against the spread. First game, Baltimore, Tennessee. Tennessee's a three point favorite at home. What's your take? Uh, I like Tennessee in this game. You like Tennessee? Although uh, I, I can see Baltimore winning this. 
I'm gonna. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go with Baltimore having the mojo, and and uh, I really feel like their team has come together as a unit. They really. I don't know if you heard uh, Harbaugh's comments, and obviously all the defensive players. They're like, you know, we're playing like a great unit. Harbaugh really has a lot of confidence. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Baltimore. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've seen my own crappy team beat Tennessee. But, but uh, you know, it's tough to go against Jeff Fisher, though. That's true. He is. Is he right now the longest tenured coach? He might he, be. Yeah, he is now. Yeah. yeah. He's a. Uh, he's been around forever. He's been around for a while. Has playoff experience. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think they they'll they're going to play the underdog card. The Titans will. Even though they're the three point favorite. Yeah. But... <laughs> I think a big part of this is going to be how healthy is Albert Hainsworth, how healthy how healthy is uh, Kyle Vandenbosch. And their center. Mawai. A lot yeah. of it, I mean, they've got some older players there, and uh, if they're healthy, they're going to be good, but I just yeah. don't have any confidence in their downfield passing game, and I feel like Baltimore can, can shut down the run, so I really I really can't see Tennessee scoring a lot of points. That's true. It's, it's going to be a close one. I, I... It'll, it'll probably come down to the turnover battle, whoever wins it. I feel like a lot of these, these uh, low... Low scoring games comes down to the turnover battle, and uh, you know Baltimore won the turnover battle against the Dolphins, and if they win the turnover battle again, they'll be in good shape. But again, uh, well, can't really call it low scoring, but uh, San Diego lost the turnover battle to Indy. It was that's two true. That's true. But yeah, I, I can see this game going either way. It's but it's, I mean, I think I think the thing about San Diego and the Colts, though, they're they're high scoring teams, right? Yeah, yeah. They so got high does, powered does, offenses. And, yeah, so it's not exactly the same situation. That was that was just what I was yeah, uh, yeah. leaning towards. All right, here's another interesting game: Carolina, Arizona. Carolina ten point favorites at home. You, pick, you think they're going to cover? I mean, Grant, Carolina is clearly the favorite. They're clearly the the better team on paper. They've got a outstanding running game. Their defense has really stepped up lately. I think but Carolina think... will win. I don't know if they'll cover though. So what's your pick against with the ten point spread? That's a tough one. I mean. You got Arizona going west. They have the, I mean, east. <laughs> they go west. Um, yes, they're going to, they're going to Hawaii. Uh, I know they got a couple of Pro Bowlers, but they're no, not going. Not, oh, okay. <laughs> I got confused. I thought it was a Pro Bowl. Oh no. Got, uh, uh, Arizona going east. Uh, you know, you have D'Angelo Williams. He's been nuts the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I might take Carolina. Do you think they're going to cover? Ah, uh, I don't know. I'm telling you right now, I'm taking Arizona. Yeah, I know you'll take Arizona, but I, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to take them like to to win the game, but I feel like they're going to cover. That's my opinion. All right, I'll, I'll take Carolina just right. just, to just, be to be, right. just to be me. How typical. All right, uh, now we got the Philly the Philly uh, New York game in the Meadowlands. The Giants are four point favorites here. Uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming Jacobs is going to be healthy again because I know he's been a little bit banged up. Yeah, I mean they had the bye week, so that that'll definitely help them. I don't know. Do you think they have any deep threats with uh, Plax gone? Uh, dude, Hickson drops everything. Uh, yeah, he he's looking like uh, Braylon Edwards there. Hickson, and here's another here's another factor to consider: the the Eagles secondary right now is playing phenomenally. Brian Brian Dawkins in that last game. He played like a man on a mission. He's been in this league since 1996, and he's been so close to the Super Bowl so many times. And I, I, the, the vibe I got from that game is that like he he's pissed off. He's had he's had enough of this, and he wants to win the Super Bowl. And I really think uh, a lot of these Philadelphia players they've they've been around forever. They've come so close, and I really think they're going to step up here this weekend. That's my my thought. 
I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any of the giant receivers really making a difference against that that really good secondary. Yeah, that's a problem there. So I, I, it probably just comes down to how how well does Jacobs run the ball? Yep. I don't know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Philly, but I don't know. Take what Philly you're. four. Yeah, I think I think I would do the same. Even, even technically, even if the Giants win by three, you know. Still, yeah, yeah, it, it'll definitely be a close game. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Philly already beat the Giants. What was it like four or five weeks ago? Yeah, yeah, so, four weeks. Ago. Yeah, they got the momentum going for them. Definitely, definitely. And, yeah, probably a lot will depend too on how much pressure they can get on Manning. Yep. All right. Well, we'll save some of this analysis for our future guests in a little bit. All right. In the final game, your your boys at home against uh, the Chargers, six point favorites. What's your take? Uh, obviously, I like Pittsburgh to win it, but <laughs> six points. I don't know. Six points is a lot, considering you know last game was a one point game. That was like a 11, 11 10 game or something. Right? 11 10. Any should weather been, forecast? Could have been eighteen. Uh, I think the <laughs> forecast was something like uh, it's going to be in the twenties, a little bit of snow, wind chill in the teens. Consider this is a late game. So, yeah, it's going to be even colder. It's going to be even colder, which will be great for uh, fans there. I'm going to uh, – I'm probably going to San Diego only on the basis that I feel like it's going to be a, like a 13-10 kind of game. Yeah, That's why. I, I think the Steelers win. I don't know if they cover um, unless the defense comes up with some points somehow. Okay. You but, can – if you want to abstain from picking with your own team on the line, you uh, can do that. Or you can, can pick. I don't know, because then again, in the regular season uh, meeting between Chargers and Steelers, Steelers had one of their best days on offense. They mm-hmm. just didn't get any touchdowns. It was a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. small problem. But I think you know, Willie rushed for 100 and some yards. Ben was ridiculous. No picks. So, I don't know. I think San Diego's D is vulnerable. Um, I don't know. We'll see. You going to pick Pittsburgh? I'll take Pittsburgh. Got to go with the home team. All right, we have very different picks this week. Yep. <laughs> very all right. Um, so I think we just agreed on uh, Philly, right? Yeah, Philly was the only agreement we had. All right, we'll see. All right, on the line with us, we've got our buddy Ace. Uh, he went to college with uh, Fred and I. He's a it's ice. He's a pretty big Giants fan. He uh, he swears he didn't hop on the bandwagon with their Super Bowl run last year, but whatever. That's what he says. All right, so Ace, what's your uh, what's your take on this upcoming Eagles Giants game? Um, well, you know, I'm fairly confident Big Blue will pull through here against uh, the We Don't Tie Eagles. Um, how are you gonna but, How are you gonna throw the ball downfield when Hickson drops all those balls? See, I don't think this is gonna come down to which quarterback's gonna throw the better deep ball. It's gonna come down to the running games, and since Philadelphia has none, and the Giants, Earth, Wind, and Fire, are just gonna dominate. They they, they contained uh, Peterson less than 100 yards. Yeah. Um, I mean, that game was meaningless. We didn't have, you know, starters in there in the the fourth quarter. So, I I mean, there's not much you can take away from that game except that David Carr played pretty well through a third and 21 beamer uh, to complete a first Um, I mean, the character. Carr is not playing an impact in this game, so let's uh yeah, no, let's 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 dispense with Carr here. <laughs> but you know, in the last the last game that the Giants played well uh, against the Panthers, they, they you know they allowed four touchdowns to D'Angelo Williams on the ground. Mm-hmm. But you know, in response, 
you know, Derek Ward had a monster game, 215 yards. He didn't get he didn't get to pay dirt, but uh, 215 yards on the ground. I think that's fourth all time for a giant. Yeah, fourth highest all time in a single game. Um, and Brandon Jacobs should be back up to. I mean, he's not going to be all the way up to 100, hmm. percent but uh, you know, 90 percent of Earth is still pretty killer. You know, number one rushing attack in the league. I don't. I mean, even though Philly, Philly's defense and the Giants' defense are roughly on par, they both have uh, defensive coordinators who love to dial up the blitz, as Jaws would say. Exactly. I think exactly. uh, in that exact tone, yeah. actually. <laughs> dial it up. Um, Steve Spagnuolo, Jim Johnson, very similar philosophies. Actually, speaking of Spagnuolo, he might go to your squad. Uh, yeah. Your squad next year. You know, we'll see what happens I, with that. Yeah, we'll see. I think they're they're pretty much interviewing anybody at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I'd they, probably show up tomorrow. No, uh, they narrowed it down to yeah. uh, it's it's Rex Ryan, Steve Spagnola, or Russ Grimm. That's what the uh, uh, Ace is off the list. It seems okay. Ace is off the list. He's too much of a giant <laughs> and for our liking. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spagnola coaches the Giants, so that that's going to be a problem for you guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so even though both defenses are fairly stout, I think it's going to come down to the running game. McNabb. He he never plays a game in which he could just manage. You know, he either wins you the game or loses you the game. And I think last week in Minnesota, it was it was just that that one big play that really got it done for them. Westbrook made it all happen. If we contain Westbrook, really, they become very one dimensional. Uh, our corners are you know are fairly good, not shut down corners by any means, but they'll take care of the two guys on the outside. Well, here's here's the argument. They've got. In addition to Reggie Brown and, and uh, Deshaun Jackson, they've got random guys like like uh, Vaughn stepping up right now, and uh, that's going yeah, to be tough. Yeah, I mean, the receiving, receiving core is definitely nothing to be scoffed at, but I mean, I think with the pressure we can generate from our defensive ends, McNabb's going to have a hell of a time, you know, planting or he's going to have to throw from a lot of different platforms, as Jaws loves to say. Uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of Jaws references here. <laughs> <laughs> references. I just love the dynamic on Monday Night Football between Jaws and Kornheiser. I mean. It's it's so clear that Jaws absolutely has no respect for Kornheiser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. I just I love that. It's just like Tony, you don't know what you're talking about. Just stop. <laughs> well, I mean, at least at least Tony's like, yeah, I honestly don't know what I'm talking That's about. That's true. So. I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of the change of pace guy. You know, yeah. Tariko is the facts guy. Jaws is the you know I played the sport before guy, and Kornheiser is just the random guy. Yeah. But yeah. all right, all right, on to the lines now. Uh, yeah. Since we since we've been talking about the Giants game. The Giants are four-point favorites at home. Uh, who are you picking in this one with the spread? Uh, I definitely pick the Giants to cover. I mean, right. without it. Okay. Uh, do, you have, do you have a guess for a final score here? Final score, I think it's going to be a fairly defensive contest, um, and it's going to come down to probably you know, two or three touchdowns for the winning team. So I would say probably 21-17 Giants win. But then they don't really cover. Oh, yeah, so it's 21-13. 21-13. I say Philly gets in the end zone once um, and a couple of field goals by Akers. And uh, probably a defensive touchdown by the Giants and a couple of scores by Jacobs. So that's All what right. I would guess. That's reasonable. All right, let's go on to the uh, the other games coming up in the weekend. Uh, defensive showdown here, Baltimore, Tennessee. Tennessee is a three-point favorite at home. Uh, who are you taking there, Ace? Um, I'm going to have to actually go with the really hot Ravens here. I, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, they've been playing exceptional ball, and 
I think uh, that that motivational poster that you know was in your status the other day, Viv, about <laughs> Chad Pennington throwing the, to the wrong guys is probably you know not just Chad Pennington. It's, the Baltimore defense is yeah. really really tough to handle. They generate so much pressure on the quarterback. Um, Kerry Collins, you know, who knows what he's going to do out there against this kind of pass rush. Of course, the Tennessee game is completely based on on their run, mm-hmm. with, you know, with their, their dual back tandem. So, I think it'll be a close one, but I think I think Baltimore pulls it out on the road. I gotta agree. I gotta agree with you. All right, uh, Arizona, Carolina, Carolina, ten point favorites at home. Arizona, <laughs> that's, that's a Ari- joke. I, Ari- Arizona's I, had a lot of trouble out east. I don't. I don't even know what the Cardinals are doing in the playoffs. I mean, hey, they, they won. All, they, they won a game. Yeah, they're, they're, they're I know. Look good against they're, okay. they're an excuse for a nine and seven team. I mean, wow, here's a, here's a here's a guy who look really confident. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Warner has a ton of playoff experience, and they have nothing really going on the defense side of the ball. Although they did, you know, show I guess some defense this past week. Um, and in the run game, it's completely non-existent. So it really it really goes how Warner goes, uh, the cards go. I don't. We're a uh, a Warner fantasy owner this year right oh absolutely he was he was money this year i mean he had one of his best statistical years he threw for over 4500 yards and yet I think he had, and yet you're still so down on him or on his team well he has to have a monster game for them to beat the panthers i think yeah and i just don't think their defense is going to allow that the panthers have a great front seven you know without a doubt mm-hmm. um and and Warner has shown that under pressure he sometimes doesn't make the best throws. He's not like he's an interception free quarterback. He's not the kind of guy who's gonna not take a risk to not make a mistake. He will he will he will put it up there. I mean he and with good reason. He has two all pro receivers on you know on, on the corners. He's got uh, Fitzgerald and Bolden. Monster guys. They both had long touchdowns, I think, in the last game, if I'm not mistaken. And and an upcoming third guy in Breston who's very serviceable. I actually started him in a bunch of games this year in fantasy. I, too. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the Cardinals try to trade Bolden for a first rounder because I think they have a lot of confidence in Breston. Yeah, like, Breston's a fantastic. I mean, he's not he's not built like you know either of those two guys, either of Bolden or Fitzgerald. He's he's a smaller guy compared to those two, but he's still he's a very good possession receiver on third down. Warner, I think, looked for him a lot when Bolden was out. Warner definitely targeted Breston, and Breston came up huge. He had yeah. he had a. I think something like 300-yard games when Bolden was out. Yeah, I think part of it is if Arizona can, can address some of their defensive needs by trading Bolden, that's probably something they want to look forward right. to. Yeah. The you know, they, I mean, on the defense side of the ball, you know, they have guys like they have Dansby. They've got Adrian a few guys. Who can make, yeah, Adrian Wilson. They've got a few guys who can make plays. And, and their secondary came up big uh, last yeah. week too. So. They've got a young, nice secondary, so it depends. You know, They're how not good. a bad team. I just don't see them hanging with the Panthers for too long. I think this is going to be probably close after one. Um, with you know, Probably they're going to be down two scores af- at halftime, and it's going to be a blowout in the second half. All right, so you're picking Carolina to cover the 10 points. Yeah, easy. All right, and the final game we haven't talked about yet, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the San Diego Chargers. The Steelers are six-point favorites at home. What do you see here? Yeah. I see this actually being a close game. This comes down to the you know the philosophy of how you're playing lately. Does that translate into the playoffs? I mean, I guess you could you know you could talk about the uh, the Colts having won nine straight and being fairly healthy going into that game against uh, the Chargers. But I think it, that was just a matchup situation. The Chargers match up really well against the Colts, and the fact that they didn't even get the ball back in overtime was I think was really frustrating for Manning and and it was it was tough on that indie defense. They committed a lot of mistakes there. Um, 
And I, well, in regard to the the Steeler game, the Steelers have had a uh, had a bye week, and they I think they absolutely needed it. Ben Roethlisberger was hurt; he had that concussion, but he'll be back, I believe. Um, you know, Willie Parker could always use time off. So, <clears throat> given the Steelers, they're very well coached, obviously in Tomlin. So, I don't. I don't know that they'll cover. What would you say the spread was again? Six points. And I guess you got to keep in mind it's going to be rough weather probably, very cold conditions. Right. So I think it'll be a close game, but mm-hmm. I think the Steelers pull it out. There's, I mean, Heinz Field is just too tough. You think they, they cover the spread or they just win the they game? Don't cover, they don't cover, but they win. All right. So you're picking San Diego with the spread. Yeah. Correct. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, even the Steeler fan himself almost did that. Almost. All right. He had to- <laughs> almost. All right, well, it's been nice uh, talking to, the, to our New York correspondent here in ACE, and uh, we'll look forward to talking again later on in the playoffs. All right, thanks, guys. All right, later, buddy. On the line with us, we have our Philadelphia fan, uh, Rohan. Uh, he's going to give us his take on the upcoming Philadelphia and New, New York game. He's also going to give us a little, some of his thoughts on the Minnesota game from this last weekend. Rohan, take it away. Uh, well, all i got to say is thank you, Tavares Jackson, for being exactly what we thought you were. <laughs> the complicator. Oh, man, that was quite awful to watch. <laughs> that he has cemented himself. He has cemented himself alongside Dan Arvlovsky this year in YouTube clips of poor quarterback play that will be played <laughs> over and over and over. That, yeah, we we're, were talking about before, the interception to, to Asane Samuel. He was, he was like falling down, he threw it sidearm, and there was no receiver in sight. That, that may have been the ugliest play we've seen all season. Well, if you don't count Tony Romo in Week 17, but anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, not only that, but when, see, if you look at Chad Pennington trying to stop Ed Reed on interception, he knows he has no chance and goes down. Tavares Jackson thinks he can stop Asante Samuel instead gets pile driven into the turf. Uh, that was amazing. He got he literally got picked up off the ground and then shoved down into the ground. He paid for that pick immediately. That, that was that was, that was uh, painful, very painful to say the least. Very painful. Yeah, but in all seriousness, that Minnesota played as well as you could have expected to. Their run defense was exactly what you thought it would be. Jared Allen made some big plays, including that strip sack. And this game really was still in question until the fourth quarter. I wasn't very confident. Our offense was moving it here and there. McNabb was being efficient. But no, outside of a couple of big plays that were nothing really to write home about outside the pick six. You have to be uh, pretty happy with those uh, third and long conversions deep in your own territory. Those really, uh, I think, saved you and it avoided giving Minnesota some easy field position to work with. Yeah, definitely. Um and for some strange reason, they stopped using Adrian Peterson in the second half. Not sure why you'd not use your best player. Yeah. And we kept using Westbrook despite the fact he was completely ineffective mm-hmm. until that uh, 71-yard screen pass. Yeah. But, I mean, Peterson's, that's, that's Peterson's the kind of guy where he'll gain one yard, gain two yards, gain 70 yards, gain two yards. So I know, but Fox actually had the graphic. It was a bunch of single digits and then... One little 40 in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. For the touchdown run. So that's pretty much the best I could have hoped for with Peterson. He's going to have his big play, but for the most part, he was relatively effective. Actually, Chester Taylor was more threatening throughout the game with longer runs per carry. But yeah. they decided to put the ball in the hands of Tavares Jackson. And thanks, Fred, just for uh, all your help. We appreciate it. 
<laughs> All right, on, on to the uh, the game ahead, game uh, in New York. Uh, well, technically New Jersey. What's your, your take on that? Well, honestly, the Eagles are a very dangerous team right now because they have absolutely nothing to lose. They have no business being in the playoffs, and thanks to a late Christmas gift from Oakland and Houston and Tony Romo, they got this opportunity, and they're not afraid of the Giants. These teams know each other really well, and the bottom line is whichever team executes better is going to win. If you look back at the game earlier this year in Giants Stadium, the difference was that Brian Westbrook made two big plays resulting in the two Eagle touchdowns. Meanwhile, the Giant receiving core minus Plaxico couldn't catch anything. Dominic Kitson got a perfectly thrown ball from Eli Manning that would have been a touchdown and let it slip through his hands. Steve Smith dropped the fourth down pass. They just weren't executing, and the Eagles weren't making mistakes outside of our play that scares me most in every game, a field goal, since we've had this unique ability to <laughs> give up field goal returns for touchdowns. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. As, as, as halves come to end. Specifically, yes. <laughs> We do hold that record, and I don't think that's going to be broken. <laughs> you got you got to admit one thing. I mean, as an Eagles fan, I'm sure you're you'd, you'd be in agreement. As, the New York Giants. There's one team they don't want to face. It's it's got to be the Philadelphia Eagles. It's, oh. That's the that's the one team they just do not want to face. And I think they're, they're, the worst possible outcome is that I just played out for them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The Eagles are much scarier to them than Atlanta. Or Minnesota, the two other teams they would have faced. That, it, or Arizona. I mean, it, they wouldn't. Nothing scares them more than Philadelphia right now. Yeah, I mean, if they were to play Dallas in the playoffs, Dallas doesn't do anything in the playoffs anyway. The Redskins just don't really scare you. If there's one division team they just didn't want to play, it was the Eagles. And uh, I mean, I, th- I think as a six seed, I think you're as confident as you could possibly be being a six. Seed. Yeah, yeah. It's this. If you look back, this looks a lot like. The Steelers from uh, 05 and the Giants from last year. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Mm -hmm. confidence is an all-time high in Philadelphia sports. It's kind of an awkward position to be. I'm not sure how to handle it. So I'm more confident than I really should be for a game where normally I'd be very, very pessimistic about, but for some strange reason I'm optimistic. It's kind of a weird place to be. All right, Rose, so we've had the input from our giant friend, Ace. Uh, so what's your take on this game? Uh, giants are four-point favorites at home. What do you think is going to happen? Well, if you look at every single NFC East matchup over the course of the year, for the most part, these games are always close. The, the teams know each other really well, and they will beat each other up. The defenses usually dominate. So if you look at the Eagles games, it's been sort of fluky scoring Eagle Giants games. I've been very fluky with the scoring. And the first game, the Giants dominated, but the score didn't reflect it. And the second game, the Eagles dominated, and the score didn't reflect it. I find it really hard to fathom the Eagles walking the Giants stadium twice and winning, especially the Giants coming off a bye, haven't really played a meaningful game in those three weeks. I think it's going to be close. I'd probably take the four points, and I'm going to say Giants win 20-17 to 17 in a pretty hard-fought battle. All right, so you're taking the Giants here. Yeah, win. I'm going to hedge my bets. At this point, the Eagles fans are on house money, and even the teams on house money, 
but I didn't like how the offensive line looked in Minnesota game, and they only were facing Jared Allen there. The Giants line will tee off on the Eagles, and I don't know if we can overcome that. All right, well, let's move on to the, some other games. We also had Ace uh, pick these games with the spreads. Uh, we got Baltimore, Tennessee. Tennessee given three points at home. What do you think there? Well, that's a really interesting matchup. You got the old vet, Kerry Collins, and the young gun, Joe Flacco. And Baltimore's looked good all year. Their defense has been ball hawking. They, the Dolphins, a team that committed 13 turnovers all year, into the Cowboys in terms of turnovers. I will not hesitate to make any Cowboy jam. Uh, and Tennessee's offense is really predicated on Linda White and Chris Johnson. And I like Baltimore a lot in this game. It is in Tennessee, but Baltimore is the type of team that wouldn't be intimidated by walking into another team's building. And... I don't know what you said the spread was. It's Tennessee by three. Tennessee by three. Uh, I'm going to say Baltimore, 14 to 10. Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I feel that uh, Baltimore can just key in on the run, stack the box, and they've got guys like Ed Reed out, out in the secondary where force them to beat you one-on-one, and I don't think Collins can do it. I believe they played earlier this year – Tennessee won thirteen to ten. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, come on. Both teams were, you know, really just finding their own. I think Baltimore has taken strides, big strides since then. Yeah, that was early on in the season. Yeah. So moving on to the next game, Saturday night we got Arizona at Carolina, and it's what is it? Carolina by ten. Uh, ten point favorites at home. All right. So who do you take there, Rohan? Ugh, ten. I don't like ten points. That. That seems like stay away, but uh, I don't like Arizona at all. I was very impressed by Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden pretty like much all season, and they pretty much made the plays. The flea flicker was pretty much Larry Fitzgerald making catch and double coverage, and Anquan Bolden took a 10-yard pass and turned into a 70-yard touchdown. Yeah. I, nothing really impresses me too much. Their defense – made some big plays and finally shut down Michael Turner and got a couple turnovers. But they're coming to the East Coast. They've not only just been bad, they've been atrocious on the East Coast. Ironically, the one time they weren't that terrible was in Carolina. I think they had a six-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then Steve Smith pulled the Steve Smith and got a 60-yard touchdown. And then I think Kurt Warner drove down and was picked off by John Beeson late in the game. Yeah, yeah. So that that's counteracts the whole Cardinals suck on the East Coast theory, but they do kind of suck on the East Coast. <laughs> the, the, the halftime score of the of their game against the Patriots and the Jets combined, they're down seventy five nothing. Yeah, they they weren't too hot <laughs> against the Giants either. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty pretty bad. So, would you take Carolina plus ten or? Yeah, Carolina's offense—it's—it's it's a big play offense. I—I I think Carolina's going to win. I—I I truly do. I—I I, I feel hesitant about the ten because Jake Delhomme can find ways to play extremely horrible. He made the Oakland Raiders 
look like the Pittsburgh Steelers earlier this year with his atrocious quarterback play. And dis- despite having D'Angelo Williams become the second re- the reincarnation of Marshall Falk out of nowhere and save a lot of people's fantasy seasons, I'm going to take Carolina because I don't like taking uh, a road team just with the points. Okay. I'll say they win 24 to 10. All right. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So last game so, we got San Diego at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is getting Pittsburgh. six points at home. Can't believe these these two West teams, the ones that by by far and away the worst records in the playoffs, by far and away the worst ranked teams. Granted, San Diego had close loss after close loss, but both these teams were terrible. Now they both go and win their playoff games. But that being said, I don't know how much I can trust San Diego without LaDainian Tomlinson. I don't, if he's there, he's going to be a shell of himself. He might be better served being that, uh, having his body double on the sidelines with the helmet on and just sitting in the dressing room rather than try to go up there with on one leg. And I could see Sproles just getting eaten up by that defense. Literally. He's smaller than I am. You so, think uh, you think they'll cover the six points? I don't know. The, the Steeler offense has been unimpressive, all things considered. Ben, he clearly likes to get hit a lot. He insists on holding the ball as long as possible for yep. some odd reason. And the last time they played, the final score was 11 to 10 as gamblers all over the country got pissed off that Troy Polamalu's touchdown didn't count at the end of the game. But regardless, it was a defensive struggle mm-hmm. that neither team could really get going. And I'm not sure. How, how's Ben? Uh, I know they said he's going to play, but he's coming off a concussion. Yeah, they haven't said uh, yeah. much about that. Uh, so he, they said he will play, but I haven't said what the extent of damage was or how he's feeling. So, And then Parker hasn't been healthy all year. The running game in general – Probably Moore has been the most effective back for Pittsburgh. But their offense hasn't been the type where they can put games away for the most part from what I've seen this year. I'd be tempted to say I'll take the points, Mm -hmm. but I'd say Pittsburgh wins this game 13-7, to something like that, like right very close to the uh, low-scoring game, right around the spread. I I don't see this being high-scoring. Heinz Field... At this time of year, it's a field of painted mud, not very conducive to scoring lots of points. The weather will be probably pretty happy because it's Pittsburgh, and uh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be low scoring, but the Steelers' defense is far superior to the San Diego defense. So, All right, give us something besides 13-7, more or less than six points. All right, you're going to make me – you're going to – I can't uh, – I said I'd take San Diego, and I'll oh, – okay. uh, Oh, you're taking San Diego? Yes, I'm taking San okay. Diego. Okay, okay. All right. okay. But I'll put, my, I'll put my score in such a way that if that happens, the house wins, of course. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for giving us your input, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk next week as the, uh, as the games play out. Yeah, definitely. Um, looking forward to it. It's nice to have a playoff game again. <laughs> All right, later, buddy. All right, peace. I thought it was uh, interesting that uh, everybody takes their own team except the Philly fan. Yeah, I think uh, Philly fans have been uh, they know. threatened to, to not have any confidence in their team. Yeah, 
But, That's uh, why I think like Philly might get to the championship or even the Super Bowl and just like have a, a tremendous collapse. Maybe, maybe we'll see what happens there. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, no I feel like be. I feel like McNabb is sick of collapsing. I still maintain that this the the whole playoff picture is like totally wide open. I think it's ridiculous. Any, like more than any other year, I think. You can give me any any combo of a, an NFC team and an AFC team, and I can I can really just see that being the Super Bowl. I have a hard time seeing Arizona making it though. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see what I I, I really think I, I think Arizona's going to surprise some people. I I think, I, I, I think they may pull out like a, a an upset this weekend, but next week, you know, mm-hmm. even if they win this week, I think that'll be the end of their magic. Hard to argue. They haven't really impressed. Yeah. Um, outside, yeah, they have a pretty bad record outside of the NFC West competition. So. They have a really bad record, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, wait. There's one thing I wanted to mention too. Okay. Um, so this was pretty interesting. We had MVP Peyton Manning, Colts lose. Rookie of the year and coach of the year in the Atlanta Falcons, they lose. And comeback player of the year, he loses. So <laughs> very true. I, I I don't like the the uh, you know the way that sounds because today they just announced that James Harrison, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers defensive player of the year. So I'm just hoping that's not a bad omen here. Ooh, wow, good insight here. This is the kind of stuff you only get on the Gotham podcast. You're not going to find this kind of thorough inside analysis anywhere else. It's true. Very very deep. And deep. and <laughs> if and when the Steelers lose this weekend, you'll know why. You'll know why. Uh, <laughs> you set yourself up for some tough times this weekend, Fred. Hey, I'm just covering all bases here. <laughs> facts don't lie. Whether you like them or not, you got to report <laughs> the facts. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we're going to conclude this podcast. We've got a final segment for you guys. It's called the Gotham of the Week. It's going to be a weekly, a weekly thing on our on our podcast to wrap up the wrap up the show. Uh, I believe Fred has one for this week. Yep, uh, this was in the news last weekend. I don't know if you read this, but uh, Charles Barkley getting arrested for a DUI. Did you Ooh. did you hear about this? I think I saw two seconds on on PTI, but it's on mute. Yeah, I I, I, re- I don't remember where exactly this was, but what makes this a godum is what he said to the officer. <clears throat> he, uh, I saw this on CNN, so you know okay. it was it was a. Uh, the G version of whatever he said, but basically he explained to the officer that he was in, in a rush to get, cause he was with a, a lady friend in his car mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they were going somewhere to, uh, have some sort of sexual act perform on him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then he followed that up by telling the officer, if you let me go, I will literally tattoo your name on my, you know what? <laughs> so, Right, it reminds me of the uh, Tropic quote, a uh, Tropic Thunder quote from Jack Black when he's tied up against the tree. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very, very. I, I, this, this I think is gonna hurt uh, his um, chances for for his governorship that he's looking for <laughs> for Alabama. Yeah, twenty fourteen. I think he's looking for that. So, <laughs> ooh, this this puts a pretty big dent dent in that campaign. I'm gonna say. But, yeah, I think uh, we can say Charles Barkley. Uh, that police got him. <laughs> got him. All right, well, until next week, uh, take care, be safe, and enjoy the playoff games this weekend. Be sure to tell your friends and everyone that you know about our show.
I'm back up on my ground. Thank you for downloading the Gotham Podcast.